Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. So we started uh, not like the unit leaders, but that's the way the, uh, the meeting started today. Is the reality. Is the where do we stand? And the reality is that when you turn on the videotape week one to week four, it's a marked improved team. And if you continue to make strides with young teams, new systems, you would expect that. And uh, I see it clear as day. I, I can see it in practice. Jaguars coach Urban Meyer. After, well, well, it's like I said. I give props to anybody that stands up and, and admits when they're wrong and takes, you know, their punishment like a man. And that punishment right now is the scrutiny of local, national, I um, mean, probably some of his peers. So um, that's all you can do at this point. Hopefully the distraction is, is put to bed and this team's not affected too bad. But we will see Sunday just how this team can respond to, to this stuff. Um, it's as simple as that. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane here. We got Action Sports Jacks, Stuart Weber, hey. NASCAR. Well, I mean, expert in a lot of things, but NASCAR expert as well. Yes. Um, how goes it, man? It goes well. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed watching the race this afternoon. Uh, so was it rain delayed? I'm, so, yeah, the reason it was today is because it rained yesterday in, in Alabama. Sure. Uh, so Talladega, one of the tracks that doesn't have lights. And... Well, I mean, let's not bypass that real quick. Okay. Why? It's huge. It's a 2.6-mile track, so it would take a lot of lights to okay. light this facility. Sure. And they use it twice a year. Okay. Like they're, they're, they, don't, they don't really use Talladega for much else other than... The two, sure. the two NASCAR races. Yeah. Like at Daytona, you know, you have constant events yeah. going on, and that's why they have lights there, and that's why they don't mind having paid for them. Shout out to Rockville coming there a couple months. There you go. Yeah. You got Rockville, a lot of motorcycle races, a lot of concerts, a lot of events go on at Daytona. Not so much at Talladega. I mean, okay. it's it's the Talladega nights, ironically, not, <laughs> not at night, uh, because they don't have lights at the track, and right now it would just be a huge cost to, to light that place up. I got you. So right. that means they have a tight window as far as when they can get the races in, especially yesterday, because you had the race was supposed to be on NBC, mm -hmm. and they had this little thing called the National Football League coming up in the evening. I've heard of that. Some game they were hyping up I've heard um, of that. that played last night. Yeah. So they had a really tight window as far as when they could get that race in. Yeah. And so, you know, with the rain coming down, they said, all right, let's move it to Monday, which was fine by me because I kept watching football yesterday. There you and go. I knew I'd get some, uh, some racing here on a Monday. And sure enough, they knew more rain was in the forecast. So as soon as this thing was official, the... The intensity of the racing really picked up. Yeah. It's already pretty intense at a restrictor plate track like this where, you know, everyone's going 200 miles per hour. They're bumper to bumper. There's uh, a lot of contact happening mm -hmm. and, uh, and causing some frayed nerves. <laughs> and, uh, and we had a, an accident happen, and, um, and then it started raining while, while they were under caution. And Bubba Wallace was in the lead, and Bubba Wallace gets his first career victory at the Cup Series level. And as we've mentioned, the first African-American driver to win at NASCAR's top series since yeah. 1963 right here in Jacksonville when Wendell Scott did it. So I'm um, watching the video right now of where he kind of found out that he won the race. And, dude, it's, it's amazing, obviously. Box, but, yeah. like, that... Does that kind of take away from the moment a little bit, right? Because, like, to me, like, you'd want to see him round the track one more time, check a flag waving, and he, and he wins it, as opposed to you're sitting in the pit box hanging I, out. I can tell you it's significantly better than not winning the race. 
No, for sure. <laughs> no, hey, and look, once again, no, nothing. I'm not. And that's no, it. Look, and no take away. And this, this happens in NASCAR sometimes, where a race gets called early, and you know, people who don't like Bubba are all over Twitter saying it's rigged, it's this and this and that. <laughs> the look, conspiracy theorists. Look, they're out there. And, I bet they are. And the the ones who are NASCAR fans and anti Bubba Wallace are not afraid to show it on social media. Uh, you these don't days. say. And you especially now because Instagram. Sh- oh, I'm shocking, sure yeah. Shocking, now yeah. Instagram and Facebook are down. Twitter seems to be the place where it's going down. I was gonna say I would want to look at Facebook. That'd be yeah. probably well, significantly worse. Thankfully, um, it shut down. Maybe that's why it's closed down right now. Yeah, they knew Bubba was going to win today. There you go. Um, so, so, yes, uh, you know, is it tainted? No, it's not tainted. He, he was leading the race. Yeah. They went by all the official rules. It started raining really bad. They weren't going to be able to get the track dried in time to go back and race before the, the lights went out, so to speak, in, in Talladega, Alabama. And so they call it, and he gets the victory. How big of a narrative was it for Bubba Wallace to win? Like, how how much did, you know, going winless for however long his career has been now, how much was that a storyline saying he's got to win when he's got to win? Because I feel like, I mean, and this is not this close to the same thing, but like with Danica Patrick. Sure. Like, that followed her until the day she stopped racing. Yeah. I, I can honestly say that even if Bubba had not won this year, I don't think it would have been that big of a story because he's in a brand-new race team. So, as you know, 2311 Racing is a brand-new team. This is their first ever year, co-owned by Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, now a NASCAR-winning owner. Nice. He's now one in in NASCAR as an owner, which is pretty cool uh, for for MJ. But, you know, this was a building block season, and and quite frankly, it's been disappointing. They have done very poorly. Now, to say that, did anyone expect them to win a race this year? No, that wasn't part of it. They, okay. I, I don't think so, at least. I'm, I mean, they would have liked to have been more competitive with the uh, Toyota horsepower that they had, but uh, I don't think you could have said coming into the year they need to have a win to be successful. Two more questions, sure. Because, I mean, I have you here. Hey, man, and, we gotta, and, and you're not always here. Get this so NASCAR cool, in here while I'm here, right? No, I mean, I got NASCAR questions for sure. Obviously, come on. Okay, you, and then here's where we're going with it. Yeah. So a big season right now for NASCAR in terms of it's starting to wind down, starting to become every race is, is the, Five the races most left important now. one, yep. let's just say. NFL schedule is, you know, I mean, the NFL is out now, right? Yeah. NFL is obviously king in this country. How much does it affect the NASCAR ratings when you're in NFL season as well? Yeah, I, there's certainly, there's some crossover, mm-hmm. especially in the South, uh, no doubt. But I, I guess the ones who are, are committed to the NASCAR and want to enjoy it are going to go find it. They're going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, look, it is what it is for every sport in America you know, you're dealing with NFL in the fall. And, heck, college football, too, because, you know, your first thought will be, all right, move some of these races to Saturday night racing, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can avoid it, but you're still going up against college football then. Mm-hmm. And that's the same fan base, same part of the country that cares about it. And so, yeah, yes, ratings will certainly dip, but you just hope that the momentum and the excitement of the playoffs, like I said, there's now only five races to go in the season. Um, you hope that kind of spurs the, the viewership a little bit. Other question I had for you, and this okay. is more out of curiosity, because, yes. like, I, I don't follow a lot of racing, right. but, like, I, I know who Lewis Hamilton is, and I've sure. been following that a little bit, because, like, Max Verstappen this year is actually, like, making it competitive. My guy. Because Lewis Hamilton, okay, he's Dutch, isn't he? Yeah, he sure That's is. why he's your guy. Because yep. uh, Lewis Hamilton, the past, I don't know, decade, it seems like has just been the most dominant, dominant figure yeah. ever. Seven championships. So with that, like, and first of all, to drive Formula One, you have to be amazing. So I'm not taking anything away from the driving ability. Sure. But, like, you hear all the time, well, he's got the Mercedes. He's got the Mercedes. It's like, you know, the, the make of the car, and then the team behind you is so ginormous, let's just say. That's a real word. Um, it is and, a real word. In NASCAR, you mentioned, like, Toyota, okay? Yeah. Like, how big is 
I guess, like, the, the car companies in terms of winning? Like, is there, like, a Chevrolet dominating yeah. or is Ford dominating? Or is it kind of, like, a horse apiece? Here? In NASCAR, it's it's less to do with the manufacturer, more to do with the team that owns the cars. Okay. So, you know, you have your powerhouse teams like Hendrick, mm-hmm. which has four cars. You've got Penske, which has three cars. And you've got Gibbs, which has four cars. All three of those teams have different manufacturers that I just said. Mm-hmm. Chevy, Ford, Toyota. Those are kind of the three main leaders when it comes to the, the top dogs in NASCAR. Um, so it has less to do with your manufacturer, more with your team that you race for. And the nice thing with 2311, so Bubba Wallace, who won today, they have like an agreement going on with Joe Gibbs. So they're kind of working in, you know, hand in hand with them because Denny Hamlin races for Joe Gibbs Racing. Mm-hmm. So it certainly makes sense that you have that partnership going on. And, uh, and that's why you get some good quality cars, good engines, and the ability to go win on a super speedway. And, Bubba Wallace has shown he can race at these super speedways, and a lot of people can because it's it's one of those tracks that, you know, if if you're up at the front, you know, you can certainly do well there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., not great at a lot of tracks, wrecks a lot of people. <laughs> That's why he's Stenhouse Jr. Um, nice. But he always seems to be near the front and wrecking people at the super speedways. So, okay. uh, you know, different drivers are certainly good at it, and Bubba's best finish coming into this was a second at Daytona at the 500 a few years back. All right, so I got one more for you because... I got one after that as well. I oh, just want to wow. get in line. I like it, man. We're, we're hot. You know, let's fire them off. This is, yeah, this is the NASCAR hour here <laughs> on ESPN 690. Stuart, the NASCAR championship this year, Phoenix, yes. Arizona. Sure. I know that because we're giving away tickets on our morning show. I Why? Know. Because Pitbull's crew, something about Pitbull owns a car, and you can go Pit- see Pitbull, that. Pitbull yeah. is a co-owner of uh, track house racing with sure. Justin Marks, the you number know, 99 of Daniel Suarez. It's a cool number. I like the number. 99 is a cool car, yeah. Why do it in Phoenix? Is it in Phoenix every single year, or do they switch off? And why not do it in Daytona, which I feel like is the mecca of, of racing? So I, why wouldn't you do it in the mecca for the championship? That was also my question. Hey, Casey, I mean, this is... Because it was Miami, right? It used to be Miami Homestead is where they would wrap up the season. Yeah. These are the hard-hitting questions that people want to know. Because we're talking about the South, and NASCAR's big in the South, and you do it so in Arizona. Phoenix. So you go to the retirement community of Phoenix, Arizona. To well, Miami's not in the south either, though, so let's be honest. It's closer than Phoenix. It's, it's, closer, it's closer too far Phoenix. south to be in the south. It's closer than Phoenix. As they say. It is, yes. Um, okay, so. So, yeah, what, what do you have to say for yourself? For myself, for well, the sport? For the sport. Okay, because yeah. I didn't make the decision. No, I know, but this is, this is your representation here, Stuart. A lot of it comes down to, you know, the competition on the track and how you're deciding a champion. Okay. So the idea is that you want that final race to be at a track that kind of levels the playing field and makes it so. So once you get to that last race, there's four guys eligible for the championship. Okay. Just four. That's crazy. And whoever okay. finishes the highest out of those four wins the title. Okay. Because they pair it down each level of the playoffs. You go from 16 to 12 to 8, and then in the last race, only four eligible. The final four. Yeah. Okay. Now, everybody else is still racing. Sure. But it's only whoever finishes highest among the four wins the title. Okay. And so Homestead kind of got to the point where it, it wasn't really a true representation of, of who had the best year, who – it became more of a niche track to where, like, you could be really good at Homestead yeah. and not so good at other tracks. Okay. Whereas Phoenix is – I don't want to say generic, but it, it falls in line with a lot of the other mile-and-a-half racetracks – to where if you're really good at, and that's the bread and butter of NASCAR's schedule, is these mile-and-a-half racetracks. Okay. Uh, so if you're good at those mile-and-a-halves, you're probably going to have a good season, and you can go show it at Phoenix. Now, why it's not at Daytona? Because Daytona's a crapshoot. Daytona is a, you know, a spin of the roulette wheel as far as who's going to hey, win. That's entertaining. But is that how that's, you decide a championship? Well, maybe. Eh. I feel like the better driver that day? Yeah. Let's do it. 
See, but that, that it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be the better genre that day. To take him to Bristol. Let's get real crazy. I don't care. Now, look, I am not opposed to a championship race being decided sure. on a short track like Bristol. I First love that. First of all. Love that idea. First of all, don't ever love any of my ideas when it comes to NASCAR. Hey, I no. Have no, no idea what I'm talking about. Bristol has, Bristol has some of the best racing this year out of all the tracks. But that's what I'm saying. But wouldn't that even be more of a roulette wheel? Because now it's Bristol and accidents and crashes and all this stuff. See, like, but those, those accidents are caused by your ability to drive. Okay. And by your aggressiveness. Sure. Whereas Daytona and Talladega, so today's race, we saw it. Kyle Larson's been the best driver all year long, right? Okay. And he's the first one who gets taken out in this race today at Talladega. Mm-hmm. Because Obviously some, not his fault. Because some random car in the middle got spun into him in the outside who was minding his own business yeah. into the outside wall and wrecked his day, went a few laps down, and plummets down the standings. Do you, do you know what I say to that? Be an athlete and don't get hit. Okay. Just try to go faster okay. next time. That's but, not. Hey, it's simple as that. Being, not, be an athlete okay. in your race car. Hey, okay. Be, be, be an right. athlete. <laughs> I don't feel bad for you. What do you want me to tell you? It's part of the game. All right. What? Uh, I'm supposed to feel bad now be, because I'm Kyle, not, I'm not Kyle Larson. You, I'm not telling you to feel yeah, bad about Kyle, this. Kyle Larson's yeah. name. I'm supposed to feel bad because Kyle Larson was winning all season and somebody hit him and he couldn't control his car. He went out of control and now he crashed. Is he okay? He's fine. I'm supposed to feel bad about racing. I'm supposed to feel bad about that? No, bro. Okay. Welcome to the sport of racing. Yeah, it is. And that's why it's part of the playoffs. But it's not the championship decider. You don't decide a championship on that. I I hear what you're saying. I just think, I mean, if you want ratings, you know, if you're into ratings, are you into ratings? Well, that's why they put Daytona as the last race before the playoffs. Before the playoffs. So you decide the field that way. And that's why they have Talladega in the playoffs, which we saw today, mm-hmm. but not the last one on a cutoff race because you don't want it to be too anarch- too okay, much so anarchy. Will we go on a break here pretty soon? Because I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'm on NASCAR you, you now. Out? You out of NASCAR questions? Okay. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like if you had a Daytona or Bristol, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. You're not watching it. it anyways. I'm not going to watch it regardless. So but I mean, maybe watch Bristol for a couple laps. You wouldn't watch I, I it. Love wa- I love watching Bristol. It'd be on a Sunday. Did you watch Bristol a couple weeks ago when it was on? I saw it on Twitter. Okay. Uh-oh. There you Uh-oh. go. Start okay, the then last NASCAR to get us through these last six or four minutes. Can't do that. <laughs> okay. Who's going to win, Stuart, the championship oh. and why? Ooh, who's going to win the championship? Some NASCAR picks? Yes. We should definitely do more picks of anything. So NASCAR falls into that category. Yeah. So uh, my head says it's going to be Larson because he's been Ugh. the best all year. Okay. But my heart is going with my guy, Ryan Blaney, in the number 12 car. Okay. So many times in the past few years, he's been caught up in stupid wrecks that knocked him out of the playoffs early. But he has had a really good season. He's shown his ability to stay out of those you know, untimely mistakes. Sure. It's a matter of his crew. I don't like his pit crew. They always seem to slow him down. And Shots fired by Stuart Weber. They do, man. Put, putting the pit crew on. What do you they slow? What? They're bad? Yeah, like man. They, they, they cause penalties. They, okay. it's, he's Cheating? No, it's like if you have a loose tire running around in the pits, you know, that kind of stuff makes you go to the back of the pack. Well, be an athlete once again. They do need to be athletes. Be athletes. Here's the know. problem. At Penske, there's three teams, and Blaney always has the worst crew out of the three. Yeah. Behind Logano and Kozlowski. Can okay. he not fire Always. said crew and get a the new dri- crew? The driver can't do it. It's That's up to the higher-ups. Why not? If they're costing him the race, I'm, I'm just saying. saying I'm hey, like, get out of here. If, if, if this is Talladega Knights and Ricky Bobby, they'd be out of there already. I mean. Just saying. I'm just Casey, saying. who are you taking? Oh, I'll go next. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> some Google. You know, has got Google names. All right. No, no. Well, I already I, have a name. Are you got one? Is yeah. it Denny Hamlin? No. No? Okay, so, so mine is Denny Hamlin. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, Chalk. Stuart, but I could very well be mistaken. Uh, he didn't win in the regular season, Correct. but has now won in the playoffs twice. Twice. Look at that. 
Tell you who I'm taking. A little knowledge drop there. I like it. And, he's, and I'm winning the FedEx Cup standings in our golf picks. He races for FedEx. How Wait, can you I are? Not? Are you really? Nah, but the narrative fit. The, I mean, it sounded good when you said it. No one was going to fact winning. check it. You could just oh. say yes. Too, too bad the butcher came over the top and had to fact check a couple of things. I can fact check that you're losing now. I know. My, right. my, my guy struggled. Yeah. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm going to take a, I saw a commercial with this guy. I don't know what commercial it was. I love the name, though. Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, he was in a wreck today. I know. Might have dropped below the, the cutoff line. <laughs> I know. It's a bummer, right? Just saying. He's going <laughs> to. Is, is he still playoff eligible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. One, there's one more race before the next cutoff, so he's going to have to good, have no, a good. He's got it. He'll he's need a it. good performance no. at the Charlotte, no. Ro the Roval. Sure. You know, well, what, you know what the Roval is? Well, so it's kind of like an oval, but it's more round. It was a good good attempt. And you turn right on it. it was a is good, it rectangular? It was a good attempt at it. Also, a good attempt. Oh. No, so it? it's uh, part road course, part oval at Charlotte. So the Roval. Part road. Okay. Oh, road that's cool. and oval. Cool. They, they add a few extra turns in there, and it actually causes some good drama. Well, which people will be watching. If they're not watching the NFL. Well, well, I'll tell you what. I mean, nobody eats a good Roval like Martin Truex Jr. eats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So watch out for Mar Martin Truex Jr., everybody. All right. Mainly, I wanted to come in here and just talk about the historical significance of Bubba Wallace winning. No, for and sure. I'm glad right, here we are some other stuff. We did You're really, happy with this? I am very happy this, with this. This is a once-a-year thing. No, look, <laughs> I, we're not going to bring you in when somebody wins it. When Martin Truex Jr. wins a championship, you aren't coming back in here. Yes, I, I am. Because you're going to want to rub, that in, you're rub that in my face. I, I am. So you I will am. definitely bring but me back in here. Get it out of your system because this is a once-in-a-year thing. Well, you know, Jacksonville, by the way, has some of the best TV ratings every week when it comes to NASCAR nationally. This is a huge NASCAR market. And I uh, love that the, the people here support it and, and watch Action Sports Jacks for all their NASCAR information with me. Well, Saturday nights. I love it, You're man. a NASCAR expert. Who made a better pick, it. me or Austin, in your professional oh, opinion? You did, probably. Yeah, probably Hamlin. Hamlin's got yeah. the momentum going right but, now. But, but, but say, it, say it that my guy's a wild card and you just never know. Oh, yeah. No, both of you got, both of you got the speed. <sighs> hey, I'll tell you hey. what. I'll take speed of being a wild card and in a NASCAR thing any day of the week. Wild card. Here's the thing, though. You guys have the same equipment. They're teammates. So, you know. Oh. Well, in case you're friends, it works. Okay. Yeah, we are. But if I have to win, now, I'll, now, I'll do what it takes. I know you, we talked about the whole restrictor play and all that. More sure. questions. Wait, no. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's about our picks. Okay. Is this a track in the championship? Would our guys be pushing each other? You know how the teammates, like, push sometimes? Uh, no. That, I mean, that's really just Daytona and Talladega uh, is where you really see that, the, the pushing and the, the bumping and that sort of stuff. Well, like helping each other out. So he's like, help me out. I mean, they, he's, he's in already, right? He's going to make the cut regardless. Oh, the next race? Yeah. It's a road course, so that's the, you won't really have any drafting going on there. All right. Yeah. Casey, you, you got better help my guy out. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I think so as well. Okay. I definitely, as long as we beat Stewart is the way I'm looking at well, it. Who, sh who should we give Brent? Uh, Brent needs a driver, too. You give him Chase. Chase Elliott, your defending champion. No, who's a, who's a no. dude that's always getting in fights that nobody is a, a big fan of? Kurt Busch, he's yes. already out. No, 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 Logano. Logano's a good one, too. A lot, he, of, a lot of people don't like Logano. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. Brent Martineau is taking Joy Logano, okay. everybody. The 22. Joy Logano, the 22. All right, okay. put it down. All right, Stuart Weber, thanks for stopping by. It was good to see you once a year. Hey, man. Hey, no, look, I'm sure we'll see you again. Look, I'm happy to come provide my expertise whenever possible. Well, you know, when, when head coaches are in the news for not-so-appropriate things and Brent's got to leave to do some spots, you come in, we go to the bullpen, we go to the righty. It's good to see it. By the way, Stuart Weber, Milwaukee Brewers, Atlanta Braves. Looking forward to it. Are you? Yeah. You sure? Maybe we make a uh, like a Kathy's Table uh, wager. I like a Kathy's Table wager. Like two meals for me, one Super Arnold for you. Cause <laughs> I think that's how that uh, 
how those way, how those way out the size. That's how the ratio works out. Just saying, you're on. All right, I like it. I like it, man. I like it a lot. Best of luck to your Braves. Yes, indeed, as well to you. Oh, we'll see. I'm nervous. <laughs> All right, we got more in Action Sports Jacks when we get back. I think Brent will be back here hopefully eventually. We'll see. We'll talk more football. I stopped for a coffee on the way back, you know. Eh, maybe. You never, know, you never know. We'll get in the college football world maybe a little bit, Casey, and we'll see where else the show can go. Uh, definitely done with NASCAR, though, so thanks for sticking by us while we talked about that. No one talks it better than Stuart Weber, though. People loved it, though. More Action Sports Jacks when we get back. Fantastic. He's a hard worker, and obviously, Schottenheimer is doing a really good job with him. And the best thing was he took care of the ball, made right decisions. He used his legs when necessary. You know, you think the first couple games that wasn't existent. Uh, he scrambled to the right, threw the ball down the field. He got a couple first downs with his legs. He got down when he should have got down. He scored a touchdown. You know, he's playing Trevor. You know, he's playing like what Trevor's skill set. Fantastic. You know, and uh, the team sees it. You see it in practice. Uh, very marked, improved player right now. Jacksonville Jaguars coach Urban Meyer talking about Trevor Lawrence. Casey, I don't want to exaggerate anything here, but there may not be a more important player right now to his franchise than Trevor Lawrence. And I say that like this. Through all the bad optics that have followed this team the past couple years, and there's been a laundry list of them, there hasn't been a lot of good. You go 1-15 this prior season, now, yeah, people are cheering for you to lose because you want Trevor Lawrence. Well, you got Trevor Lawrence, right? And I think people thought, all right, you get Trevor Lawrence, you get Urban Meyer. They're going to pull you out of the rubble. They're going to put you in a new um, echelon, and everything's going to be okay. Well, this team is 0-4 right now. There's bad optics surrounding this team, and let's be honest, let's be fair here, some caused by Urban Meyer. But the little silver lining through all of this, the constant that's actually positive – is Trevor Lawrence is getting better. Trevor Lawrence is looking like he belongs, and, and that's what you need right now. Action Sports, Jack Sausland, ESPN 690. We got Brent coming back here momentarily, but we're also joined by Captain Rick with the Florida Sports Official Report. Captain Rick, how are we doing today, man? <laughs> My name is not Dan Mullen, and it's not Urban Meyer, so I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> I like it, man. Hey, Austin, can I ask you a question? I absolutely. That's maybe a dangerous question itself. Right, you, you're, you're saying we've got bad optics right now with the Jaguars. For How sure. do you think the optics were with the Meyer household when this came out? I mean, I, I, you I'm know what? Yeah, you know what? To be honest, like I don't like speaking on a, you know personal business, but one would think that it it is not good. If you followed anything on Twitter, how that transpired, not a good look. Not a good look, certainly not. Not to take home to mama, that's for sure. I'll tell you what is a good look, it's our fishing right now. Oh, my gosh, is it good. I just hope this weather can hold out for us for a while longer. We got 10 days left in flounder season, and then it closes until December 1st. There are flounder in the river. There's not a ton of them. It's too hot. It needs to cool down a little bit. But our big flounder run looks like it may happen during the closed season. That's not good. But mangrove snapper and redfish are doing very well inshore. And offshore, the big mangrove snapper are doing surprisingly well. Captain Robert Simon uh, reported that uh, the mangroves are raising in the water, up higher in the water off the bottom, like they do when they're spawning, which is very unusual for October. Their spawn is normally on the full moons in July and August. So I don't know what's going on with that. Surprising number of mahi showing up. 
Captain Robert reported that he had four or five mahis swim up behind the boat and eat baits, and they were welcome aboard and uh, went home for somebody's dinner. So fishing's good. The weather's going to hold for at least one more day. Then starts what looks to me to be a series of fronts that may shut the ocean down for up to a week. We'll have to wait and see, but one thing you can count on, we'll be back to check on it tomorrow with another fishing report. Brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Thanks, Thank Captain. You, Thanks, Captain Rick. Thanks, Appreciate Captain it, man. Uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 every day and also 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings with Captain Rick and friends. Brent Martin of Austin Lane, final half hour of the show. Casey Kurtz here as well. The big story today, just to revisit, we don't usually do this, but it's a big story in town and obviously really across the NFL and well, other platforms, too. Urban Meyer apologizing today for being a distraction, says a coach should never be a distraction. And, uh, you know, another video has since kind of made its way out on of that night, of that sequence of events. Uh, listen, it's, it's I think we had similar thoughts. This is a, an organization going through a lot. Uh, I continue to say stuck in the mud and has been, and this does not help it in any way. It doesn't help if you are a big believer in how the national people feel about this organization. It doesn't help. Uh, if you're trying, if you're just rooting for the Jags to get out of this thing and end the losing streak and end the negativity and, and flip this thing around, well, this isn't a step forward by any means. I don't know how much it hinders that on the field, but it certainly isn't a step forward. And then we really both agreed on this, which again, we didn't plan on this coming in the show, but we brought it up and thought it was a secondary part of the story. And in many ways, I mean, it's definitely should be the secondary part of the story, yeah. but it's a pretty big story too, because I wonder how people feel inside that locker room. We took a little bit of umbrage of him not coming back with the team on Thursday, uh, instead staying in Ohio. That might seem like a small detail, but I mean, the leader of this football team, leader of this franchise, essentially just says, hey, I'm going to stay back. You guys fly home. We'll take the next couple of days off instead of digging out of that mud some more, looking at the tape some more, finding answers. How did we how do we fix a defense that couldn't stop Joe Burrow and the Bengals with the Tennessee Titans coming to town next? How do we get our first win in more than a year? Yeah. Uh, man, I know the optics of that video are bad. The optics of that aren't so good either. No. Um to the point where, to me, it's a little concerning. You know, when I played here for three years in Jacksonville, and here, here's another Joe Cullen story for you because I, I have so many of them. The guy had, if you want to call it an influence or just an effect on my life, but the dude was everywhere in my life, all right, for, for, <laughs> for good and bad, but it was always intense. But I'm always reminded of, and, you know, obviously it's not like it is now in terms of the airplane seating and how it's set up. But, you know, players kind of got run in the mill, it seems like, in the, in the yeah. front or whatever the case, whatever. But back when I played, you know, it was coaches in the front and players in the back. And especially, like, if you were a young guy or a rookie, you sat more towards the front, right? And then the veterans sat in the back. So usually where I would sit was, like, right in the front aisle where the coaches were sitting in the back. So, like, I was, like, literally two seats, usually uh, two seats behind Joe Cullen. And when we finished up a, an away game, we got our whatever, our pizza or our subs to go. We get on the plane, and, you know, it was after a, a rough loss, usually um, – Nine times out of ten, it's what it was, you know, and we're all just, oh, man, this sucks, and you put your headphones in, you try to get some sleep, but then I, I would always be reminded of Joe Conley watching the film from that game already. Like, he would have it loaded on his laptop, and you, you could tell, like, how the game went for you because of his responses even on the plane. Yeah. 
where he, he's kind of talking to himself, like, what the? And then all of a sudden, like, what the? You know? And I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm literally sitting right behind him, like, oh, man. Like, I hope that wasn't me. I'm like, Minzy, can I, can I come sit behind? Like, can I come sit back by you guys? I don't want to be here. Right? Because I'm afraid he's going to turn around, but awesome, get up here. Surprised you didn't ask me. Come sit back near no, me. No, no, it's all right, because you're, you, you're on the you know what list as well, because the whole. The whole hazing thing when I got tied to the goalpost. Oh, yeah, that's right. And you, didn't, you, you just laughed. You just shot it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's going to go to the 10 o'clock news. We're all good. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you're on the bad list as well. But, like, I remember, like, dang. Like, you know, from my standpoint of we just played a horrible game. We just got beat. You know, we're on our way back. I don't want to watch film right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I yeah. want to get home. Process it. I want to get home and play video games and just forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe Cullen would dive, like, right in right after the game. That's my experience, and, by the way, with most of the guys. And the that's a lot, of, a lot of coaches do. Now, I don't know if head coaches can be the same, because I had never saw Jack Rio or Andy. I, I don't know how they operate, right, because yeah, yeah. they're sitting in a different spot. But I'm just saying from uh, a line, like a, a defensive coordinator's perspective or a defensive line coach's perspective, that's what they were doing. So, like, it always showed me, like, the grind never stops. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 work never stops. It's, it's well, as soon as the game's done, then you're on to the next one you're working. I think it can be overdone. That whole grind and we work hard on everybody. It's like, okay, well, I mean, the, the balance is okay sometimes. Sometimes yeah. getting away from a little bit. And, and by the way, this is not to say Urban wasn't looking at, you can look at it everywhere now. Sure. Could have been looking at film Friday and Saturday and, and all that. It wasn't on Saturday night, obviously. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe there's, a, there's a replay of the game going on Saturday night on the NFL Network. Yeah. Jacksonville, maybe. Cincinnati. Yeah. Columbus. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in Columbus. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the bottom line is, it, what does that say? What does that mean to the locker room? Because you took, as a former player, you kind of were like, whoa, really? Like, when we found that detail out today and he said that, that's not a common thing. No. It really isn't. And, I mean, who knows? For all we know, like we said, you know, Josh Allen might have stayed and watched the Kentucky game on Saturday, you know? But the bottom line is, most guys can do that on a whim anyway. They make so much money, and Urban Meyer has so much money, he yeah. can get a flight whenever he wants and take a private jet somewhere if he really wants to get back, see the grandkids and all that stuff. Like, listen, on an off day, people do that. I mean, we've been around the NFL a lot. I mean, guys, I, 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 Marvin Jones's family's in, like, South Florida. Like, on an off day, he might fly home sure. to see him. I mean, yeah. it's a quick a, flight a to Miami. guys used to Ga do that. Guys I mean. do that, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but it just felt a little odd a tough tough loss a stinging loss for him to not go back with the team and then kind of start you know i just want that vision whether it's true or not of urban meyer and that coaching staff and the players trying to dig out of this mud whatever that looks like in your mind well that looks like watching film trying to fix this trying to fix that the next game plan how can we outsmart these guys we don't have the best players how can we out scheme these guys yeah. like i want all of that in my mind my vision of this franchise down there uh you know it, it, inside the headquarters i want that vision of it well not flying with the team the the, the video on saturday night in the middle of a season, it's not the vision that is in my mind right now. And uh, whether that's reality or not, whether that's unfair or not, I don't know. But uh, that's not the vision I have in my mind. And these guys got to try to break a 19-game losing streak. They got to try to turn this thing around. When I say these guys, I really say Urban Meyer. That's what he's tasked with. That's what he's brought here to do. He's getting paid a lot of money. He was entrusted a lot by Shad Khan, who wanted to get his guy. This is his guy. And he, it's on him. Like, it is real. I've never thought more strongly than now that this is on him to get the Jags out of this thing, this, to, to fix whatever this weekend was, uh, to fix 0-4. I'm not putting the 15 losses on him. I'm putting the four losses on this regime. Mm -hmm. they got to fix that. they got to turn this around. There's too much of an investment by the owner, 
Too much of an investment by all the fans. Too much investment probably by all the players. And now we're seeing really investment of money in terms of facilities and everything that Urban's asking for to turn this around. Well, now you got to go to work, man, and get it done. I mean, yeah, I think he knows that, but but he's got to do it because we haven't seen any results yet. Yeah, you know, um, I got like, I'll be honest, I am more worried than I've ever been now with the hiring. Like, I mean, if you're asking me in Urban, do I still trust? I guess I do. I kind of have to. But, like, what makes me worried, though, Brent, is for how bad it was the past, whatever, four or five years here, you still got this sense that, yes, there was miscommunications. The, the chain of leadership wasn't really made clear. It wasn't transparent. But, like, you still got the sense of, okay, Shad Khan is making the calls. And sometimes they're not the best calls, but, like, he's still in charge. Shad Khan has turned over the keys to the kingdom, essentially. Like, he, he has given the keys to Urban Meyer. Like, I understand, like, Shad Khan's writing the checks and who has the, the, the money has the power. I get that. But this is Urban Meyer's whole thing now. Like, this is his show. And with what's transpired, with what we're hearing, I, I'm a little nervous because now it's not like Shad Khan can come back. Like, Khan can't come back in and say, okay, well, uh, all right, so everybody calm down here. I'll, I'll take No, like, you, you've given up the keys now. So, like, you, you've made the decision, and you hope that it, it plays off. Like, I'm sure Shad Khan's a little nervous. I would be. Yeah, I would be a little ticked off if I was Shad. I, yeah. I don't know how that conversation went, but the more and more I think about it and see it and simmer on it, I, I think I'd be more ticked off at Shad because he did this before. He gave the reins to Tom Coughlin. Yeah. And when he gave the reins to Tom Coughlin, things went well in year one, but after a while, the long picture of that didn't work out. And th the last time he did it, it didn't work out. He's given the reins. And by the way, I agree with you. I think it's right to give it to one guy and have it all trickle down from there. And and I'm not going to go be hypocritical here. I was on the I'm on the urban train. As was yeah. As but, was mine. But but let's go now. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, it, it's my vision of Urban Meyer is he freaking hates to lose so much that I just don't know. After 0 and 4, I'd see him hanging out in Ohio for a couple of days. Mm. I, I thought I'd see him watching film for about 18 hours a day that's my vision and yeah has he lost a little of that i mean is he comfortable at age 58 or whatever the fact that hey this is going to take a little longer so he almost talked himself into not being as like hey we got to win right this second this is going to take longer yeah. like i hope he hasn't talked himself into that you gotta flip it and uh man this week is i think and, and i think you do too this is gonna be a big game this week i don't think for the win loss i think for how it looks this is going to be a huge game coming off all of this and being 0-4 for the Jaguars to look ready to play, to continue to look incrementally better as they've looked in the first four games because we've credited the coaching staff with at least that. Yeah. And they got to be ready to go now. It's going to tell the big story Sunday afternoon. And again, not necessarily the scoreboard and win-loss because I think the Titans are just frankly better. Yeah. But how you play will tell a big story, at least to me. And it's just so wild that we're here on a Monday preparing for your biggest rival. And we've barely even talked about DJ Chark out for the season. Yeah. AJ, can your starting guard out for the season? Or for because, well, well, I mean, We don't know exactly well, out for the but season. But you get the but sense that yes. it could be for a while. Yes. And that's not even holding a candle to no. the biggest story of the day. Yeah, how do you replace those guys, Which, right? Yeah. But that, I guess we'll do that's that not tomorrow. Even, I guess so. Um, but it's crazy that... We're here. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, some quick hitters to go around before we get out of here, including Florida State gets first win. College football is weird. We'll talk a lot about college football tomorrow because I think it's fascinating right now. Um, more of that uh, on the way. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
Welcome back. Uh, I was going to do some quick hitters like FSU, and it was a nice win. Florida, bad loss. Uh, Georgia's <laughs> yeah. really good. Alabama's really good. I don't know if anybody else is good. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of that. We'll talk more about Iowa? that tomorrow. I mean, yeah, I, I know. Fair enough. I fair know. Enough. I look at Penn I, State this week. Yeah. But, again, do you, do you really feel like – Iowa's been very good. Do you feel like Iowa can beat Georgia or Alabama? Is John Bachman and Mike Burst listening right now? No. They're on set. <clears throat> Probably not. No. Really, like, I feel like this is Iowa of the South here. I mean, there are so many Iowa connections to this area <laughs> that don't, you don't worry just about Bachman and Barish. Oh, I know. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, I remember I we, know, we had somebody on from the Bolt City Brigade, and we got into a little uh, trash talk back and yeah. forth. I think, listen, Iowa's been re- very impressive. Really have. I don't know if they're that. I feel like there's always a team like that impresses. And listen, I have some questions about Georgia on offense still. I do, but their defense is so dang good. Like, I don't see a lot of people moving the ball against them. Like, what's Iowa's offense going to do against Georgia's defense? Yeah. You know? All right, let's talk more about that tomorrow anyway. We got a lot more to get to. But first, uh, we found this um, sound from Marcus Spears of ESPN. And really, Dan Orlovsky, I don't know how much. It's kind of long, so I don't know how much we'll get to. We got about five minutes to go. But they think the Jags should move on from Urban Meyer after all this stuff. Let's hear what they say, and then is that a little over the top, or do they have a point? Here they are. Not only locker room, Shaq Khan, you need to find your new head coach, bro. It's time for Urban Meyer to be dismissed and relieved of his duties. This is not the first distraction, right? This is not a visceral reaction to what Urban Meyer did, even though there needs to be one to that as well. He brought in a strength coach that had racist history. He brought in Tim Tebow to play tight end, which he never did in the NFL before. This is a pattern that we've seen go on since Urban Meyer has been the head coach in Jacksonville. And then this particular situation with a young quarterback, first pick, just married, 0-4, trying to win football games, and the coach is the exact wrong reason why they in the news. I played football nine years in the NFL. Every head coach I ever had said, don't be the guy to take focus off of what we're doing as a football team as we try to win games. It was a message that resonated throughout every locker room I've ever been in. Shad Khan, you're on the clock, bro. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to find another head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it needs to start, like, right now, like today. So that's Marcus Spears. And Dan Orlovsky went on to say similar, kind of like more from a Trevor Lawrence point of view. It was like, do I want to play for that guy in terms of Urban Meyer? And now he's defended Urban over the years. He's going to be put on a podium Wednesday and probably have to defend him over the years, over the last few months. He's probably going to, whatever he says, uh, you know, he usually has very good insight on all the topics. We'll see what Trevor Lawrence says. I think this feels a bit over the top to me. And one more thing, for, for the national folks, can we please stop lumping in the Tebow tryout with the Doyle situation and this situation. I mean, I don't really see the connection between the Tebow thing and that. Like, yeah. that, that for, is Tebow, is bringing Tebow in a fireable offense? No. Right? Doyle can get you in that kind of conversation. This might get you in that kind of conversation. I'll leave the Tebow stuff out of it, national guys, no. okay? okay? I mean, that's not in this category at all. Uh, that is more on the Quincy Williams is now in New York. You know, mm-hmm. that is why is Josh Oliver in Baltimore. That is that's that part of the conversation. So anyway, I'm just tired. I don't like the Tebow stuff. And sometimes we all kind of do it, but because it was questioned right on yes. a national level. But it's totally different. But I don't no, know, man. Is this over the top? Is it to say he shouldn't be coaching anymore because of this? I feel like it is. 
First of all, with the Tebow thing real quick, this team is not 0-4 because of Tim Tebow. Okay, this team didn't lose four games in a row because Tim Tebow had a tryout at tight end. If that is the case, then you probably have the most weak-minded NFL players in the entire league. That's not the case. Okay, so get that out of your head. Is it a fireable offense? I mean, let's be honest, man. We all make mistakes, right? Some make worse ones than others. I think some are fireable offenses in terms of, you know, if you get arrested, depending on what you are as a player, like sometimes, you know how I feel about it, Brent. Yeah. I, I think if, if there's domestic cases involved, I don't think you should be able to play anymore. I really don't. That's just my opinion. This obviously wasn't a domestic case with Urban Meyer, okay? It was a situation where he's in a bar with a girl that wasn't his wife, and you can let the footage speak for itself. Do you get fired because of that? I don't think so. Is it a distraction? Yes. Will the team come closer together and bond closer together because, you know, they see, hey, my head coach made a mistake. We all make mistakes. I don't know. But I don't think a guy should lose his livelihood um, and lose his job over a personal thing like that. I mean, if we're talking about Urban Meyer, like if he got caught cheating on his wife and it wasn't on video, but we heard about it, should he lose his job then? No, but since we saw a video of him dancing with somebody, that's it? Probably not. Yeah, the, so let's just be. Let's just say this too. Shad Khan invested somewhere up. Or, now maybe there's a clause he can get out of this contract, but we're talking maybe some eight to ten to however million dollars a year, probably for six years plus. Okay, yeah. like just from an investment standpoint. All right, let's do the math on that. Four games worth. Yeah. I think he's got to give him some rope here, just based on his investment. Yeah. Now, if he thinks that it's going to just blow up and go bad, and he's not working, and he's, you know, then you probably have some reason within the contract and all that stuff. I just don't know if this is going to be conduct detrimental, get out of the contract type of thing. So, I don't see it as that. Here's the thing about this team. We say it's a distraction. We say it's a big deal. But we'll find out Sunday how big of a deal it is. I agree with that. And I know it's one game, but this is what it comes down to. If this team is playing undisciplined, if there's penalties nonstop, if this team looks distracted, well, then, yeah, I think maybe some of those comments spoke on ESPN can be warranted. Right now, we don't know. It's not a big deal until it's a big deal. Come Sunday, if this team looks like they're doing it against the Houston Texans, then, yeah, it's a big deal. And that conversation... Might be brought up. And by the way, the, the one person that might have more power than this organization, if he's really offended by this, then Urban, then not more power than Shad, but is Trevor. Yeah. And if Trevor has a major problem with it internally that we don't even hear about or know about, then maybe there is a, a reason to move on. But yeah. face value as it sits right now, I'd be stunned, floored if Urban Meyer gets fired because of this. Yeah. Unless we he hear more, see more. Somebody says more. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, we have Jags Report Live coming up more on this and other things at 7 o'clock at Sneakers. So hustle over there. Jihad Ward will join us. And um, 7 o'clock on Fox 30 if you can't make it over. But stop on by. And we'll be back tomorrow at 3 from Top Golf. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.